Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. Live to tape. Trumpcast season three, episode eighteen. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And joining us this week, introduce myself. (laughs) Joining us this week, I'm already drunk from from dealing with this week's news. Is Pam? (laughs) Welcome back to the show, Pam. Hello, thanks for having me back. Hey, it's always good to have you on. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Laura and Matt here aren't this week, but we don't need two. We don't need two people to replace them when Pam is on. We just That's need right. Pam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Pam, it's kind of a big week for you. I know you're a huge One Direction fan. How do you feel about the new Harry Styles album? I, you know what? I think this is really good. I, I think that um, it's so funny you mention that because I was watching the Apple Music has a behind the album documentary. It's 45 minutes long. Of course you watch You guys are it. laughing at me. I know because I have Apple Music. I was like, why not? But it's actually like it is really interesting to see that. I think that One Direction gets a lot of flack because they're a boy band and they yeah. were like hand created by Simon Cowell. But like Harry Styles as an artist, I think has been really impressive in terms of showing that he is more than just like a front man for a boy band who gets songs handed to him. Yeah. And so I think that that's really great. Um, I think that you can't deny that vocally it's he's very impressive, but I think that he's kind of showing everybody like that he also plays a huge role in what he decides to put out. And I think that it was really brave of him to go with a vision that he wanted to go with instead of just going mainstream, like hip hop, R&B pop, like Zane did, or like what Liam's going to do right. this coming week. Um, so yeah, like we're not oh really hearing a Oh my God, now Liam is coming out yeah, with, his, oh my God. Singles oh. coming out on May nineteenth. Uh, why are they all releasing new music at the same time? Because Niall or they got to keep up with the Joneses. Niall, oh, <laughs> Niall. Oh man, this is too much. I, I think I can't keep track of all these. And 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 Niall's song sucks, by the way. Especially especially compared to Harry Styles' new album. Well, that's the thing. It, it really it does sound a lot more superficial superficial in comparison because I think that. It's not like completely concept, but I feel like Harry did follow a concept. Like he's really, he was like dedicated to this idea of like 70s rock and is very influenced by like Fleetwood Mac, the Beatles. There's a little Elton John in there. Um, Definitely a lot of like psychedelic rock. If you look at Sign of the Times, which is his first single. So yeah, I mean, like everything else is going to look vapid in comparison because he really took the time to, to go with one singular kind of path and and everybody else is kind of playing around with different sounds and that's their prerogative but harry styles is is the justin timberlake isn't he of the band i you know i thought it was gonna be i think it's more like liam if you're talking about like um like genre wise i feel like he's i mean like breaking away and being oh yeah yeah well you know that's probably accurate because justin timberlake has never been afraid to try new things like he went from pop to neo soul and i think that that's really cool and then he's going a little country for this next album so oh didn't harry was it harry styles who said um was it was it him that said something about teenage girls and how they're the future Yes, I loved this. I basically, because <laughs> I know you guys are like laughing at me right now. No, Andrew no. knows this for a fact. Like, I I do not believe in guilty pleasure music. I feel like everybody should listen to whatever they want and not be ashamed because like, it's like whatever. Music is very personal. Um, and I think that he made a really good point in that Rolling Stone feature that came out a few weeks ago where he said that um, everybody belittles like teenagers for what they like, but they're really fueling the economy in terms of like the music business. And they're also a lot more like open minded in terms of accepting something completely different, because I think a lot of like 
just like the general masses that have really no idea of like who Harry Styles is, were kind of like, oh, like, why is he going solo? He's not going to put anything out that I like. But all of these girls that you would think would not like something like Sign of the Times, like, were open to listening to whatever he put out. And I think that's really cool. I agree. And he also said, what I liked most about it was that he, you know, he was basically being called out as, as a musician who's just for teenage girls. And everyone's just fawning all over him because... He's a cutie pie from a boy band. Um, and, and his response to that was to defend, not to deny it, which was smart, but, and, but to defend the, to, to defend teenage girls, not because they were his fans, because he said they were smart. He said, mm-hmm. you know, listen, like, why, why does being a teenage girl mean that you have, why does it automatically mean that you have bad taste in music? Why is that pejorative? Like teenage it's teenage true. girls are fucking smart cookies. I'm proud I mean, to like, represent that. I was like, "Damn boy, <laughs> you are good at this PR shit." But also, like, how many like like what were you listening to when you were like a teenager? Was it all just like mainstream? Because I know like I wasn't listening to just mainstream. So I think that people kind of forget that that being a teenager is a really interesting time, and and you're discovering. Not just like who you are, but what you like and all of those things that make up who you are in the long run. So it's a very impressionable age. And I think that that's why a lot of the times they're more open minded to learning about new things because they're still trying to figure out what calls to them. So And, and I think Harry's album is so unique that it could open these girls up to new genres of music that they wouldn't have considered before. Like these slower yeah, songs, totally. not just like the throwaway pop songs that you that you come across on some One Direction albums. By the way, Pam interviewed One Direction back when they were still One Direction, which I still I can't did. get over. <laughs> I know, right? I should bring that photo back. TBT tomorrow. You absolutely should. What was it like being in the presence of all... It was when they were all five were still together, They were right? all still five. Midnight oh, Memories had just uh. come out. Um, I did not know I was going to do this interview. Um, I think their publicist kind of just really liked me. So he was like, hey, if you want to hang out, we'll give you five minutes. And I was like, what do you mean five minutes? He's like, well, five minutes with the boys. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I would have asked, are they going to be naked? Like, what does this mean? Just, I just well, want to know what I'm getting myself into. It was really funny because they're like, I mean, like, they're just at this at this point, they're probably like some of them are still probably in their like late teens, some of them in their early 20s. And um, they're just like cheeky little buggers. Um, and uh, and there was like one point where they were like, so whose lap do you want to sit on? Like, oh, you know, you got five. And I'm like, I'm not sitting on anybody's lap. I got your number. <laughs> we're not picking favorites. Let me ask you about the music. Good sirs. But you, you should have really said, sweet. actually, I want one of you to sit on my face. <laughs> uh, I just would have stripped like he would have just been like, oh, I want to give you five minutes with the boys and be like, well, we better hurry this along then and just take off your clothes. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely think they had the most fun with me because I was the youngest reporter there. This was like a few years ago. So uh, um, this was, but for, yeah, it was really, uh, this was it was really great. An exclusive hypeable interview, by the way. Very proud of course. To say that. That's right. Just kidding. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was for what was it? Billboard. No, for Entertainment TV. Weekly. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. we're hypeable is just as big as Entertainment <laughs> I mean, Weekly, but whatever. Potato, potato. Climbing up the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Climbing up the ranks. I do not discriminate against bylines, so. Which of them, and then we'll move on, had the biggest bulge in person? Um, I, well, I was sitting right next to Harry, so <gasps> I, I, that's all. I, I mean, like, I didn't, like, look at his, cr- it was kind of dark in that theater, um, but he had really nice hair, <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> So I think you're confirming that it was Harry who had the biggest bulge. I think <laughs> we're going to have to go there. He's like the. <laughs> that's like all I can. I couldn't see anybody else's crotch. So, uh-huh. oh by, man, by default. But you don't. But you don't deny looking. Um, I mean, I was already sitting down when he walked over. So like, a crotch was definitely eye length, and and those jeans are pretty tight. So. That- that brings oh my gosh oh ugh, my chest feels heavy right now. Um, that brings up a good question: Do girls look at bulges? Um, I mean, if it's there, why not? Not like, really. Like out on the street, you're passing by somebody because no. I do a hundred percent of the time. Well, no, but like no. sometimes, like if it's just if it if it's like the first thing that walks in the room, it's like man, those pants are really tight. Oh, I can see. You <laughs> yeah. know what is the equivalent of a male camel toe? It's like if you're not 
doing anything to hide it. It's like, it's impossible not to see it. So, um, yeah. Well, speaking of sexy, Lisa, you have an exciting update for us. Yeah. So I've decided after a lot of deliberation and, and mental anguish that I'm going to get an IUD. So I am ready for that baby, baby. Oh, are you nervous? Has Laura given you any tips? When is this happening? Is, so fun fact. Laura did inspire this because, you know, I just hear, I just hear how satisfied she is able to, to have unprotected sex. <laughs> and, and, and it just sounds so wonderful. And, and plus, plus also in, in seriousness, I'm very concerned about the state of, of healthcare in the country. And I'm not sure what's going to happen in the next couple of years. And right now, IUDs are fully covered under Obamacare, so I figure it's kind of a now or never situation, right? Um, and so, so those two things combined inspired me to go to go and get it. But what I learned, and here's something real gross for you, Andrew's going to love this, that you have Uh-oh. to get the IUD inserted while you are on your period. You can't. Oh, you can't go before or after like you have to be bleeding um and 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 the heavier the better apparently the reason for this is because <laughs> i'm just this whole episode is just going to be about grossing andrew out at this point the, the the reason for this is because apparently your cervix is a lot softer when you are on your period and you're bleeding and so it's therefore a lot less painful to insert Otherwise, it would just be excruciating and difficult to insert. Uh, so, yeah, uh, to answer your question about when I'm getting it, I'm getting it in two days because my period, my period came days. early. It was supposed to be next week. It was supposed <laughs> to be next week. And then I at work today, I, I use the facilities and I go, wow, well, I guess I better call my GYM because, you know. Something something turned up early this month. The window has opened. Right. Oh my right. gosh. So <laughs> well, So you're gonna go you. for like the, the twelve year one? I'm getting Morena, which I've read is good for like five years, which is fine because I mean ideally I'm gonna have children at some point in my life and so um you know, I wouldn't wanna I wouldn't wanna have it longer than that anyway. So it's just for it's just for a few years, really. That's all I need. That's all I'm looking for. Okay. It's just I think it's exciting. Yeah, that's you know, fair. you can be happy for me, Andrew. Yeah, it's like it's like a new you. Uh, it is a whole new sex life. I'll so, I'll tell you that. Pretty pumped. Pretty <laughs> pumped for this. Pun intended. So it's been. Uh... I felt like I've been having sex these past few days. I've been having these orgasms every time I visit CNN.com. Um, there's been some amazing news over the past week. <laughs> uh, in fact, it's been rather breathtaking, to be honest with you. The, so today's Wednesday. The past four weekdays in a row <laughs> have had major news regarding Trump. Some of it his own doing. Um, we'll start with the latest and then we'll jump around a bit and we'll take a break in the middle and discuss other things. Um, but the, the latest bombshell story is that the Justice Department has appointed former FBI Director Robert Mueller a special counsel to oversee the federal investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election. So the FBI is finally appointing somebody who's going to handle it themselves. Um, there's going to be no opportunity for Trump to step in and try to mess with the investigation. So far, it looks like both sides of the aisle are applauding this decision and the selection of Robert Mueller. They've seen him as independent. Um, He was appointed by the deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, um, who CNN is reporting he decided that they needed a special counsel after Trump fired Comey last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. So, Elisa, what, what what's your take on this? What does this mean? Oh, my God. I mean, this is – I'm still processing it. I mean, we're recording within like an hour of everyone finding out. I think 
I think overall it's a great thing. I think it's very encouraging that somebody is taking this seriously. Um, and apparently that person is the deputy attorney general Rosenstein who decided, you know, uh, yeah, we definitely need special counsel here. So I think that's really encouraging because I think that a lot of, I think that a lot of Americans, including by the way, a lot of Republicans and conservatives have just felt really sort of betrayed by the whole process. And like, listen, like, what is like, what is going on here? I mean, first he fires Comey. Then there's the, the, the Comey memo in which, in which apparently Comey says that President Trump actually asked Comey not to investigate Michael Flynn. And which, by the way, if that's true, would constitute obstruction of justice. And, and, and no, nothing was happening. People were, people were talking. There were certainly people foaming at the mouth and, and who were angry. But substantively, nothing was happening. And it was just, I think, driving everyone crazy. So I think if for no other reason, it's really in the public's best interest. I think it's really good because it's going to boost public confidence that uh, whatever the facts are, we're going to get them. Um, but I, I think it's obviously just terrible news. I think this is crippling for the White House. As if they weren't already mired in controversy, I think this is just a nail in the coffin. This is the way, historically, I don't know how this is going to end, but historically, this looks like the end of a presidency, not the beginning of one. Uh, and, and, and I think that there's, I, I would just be shocked if, if Trump could bounce back from this. Even if the investigation says that everything's cool, nothing to see here, which I doubt, but even if that's what they found, I still don't know how they bounce back from this. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, especially when you take into consider all of the stories of the past week and, you know, Trump tweeting about the the threatening that he might have tapes about him and Comey's oh, conversation. Right. Uh, and then the memo that you touched on, if true, and I'm inclined to think that this is true because... It was uh, New York Times, I believe, who had it first, and then the Washington Post confirmed with their own sources. And I believe BuzzFeed and Reuters and all these other places confirm with their own sources as well. So I would be very shocked if these memos didn't exist. And if these memos exist, like you said, uh, obstruction of justice, grounds for impeachment. I, this is like the worst thing. Yeah. This is the worst thing because this is the fire. This is evidence – from Comey, written down, filed and locked away back in February, yeah. I believe, he he made this memo um, saying that the president asked this. And, you know, the New York Times has a specific quote. It was a direct quote where he says that President Trump asked James Comey, I hope that you can let this whole investigation to Michael Flynn go. He's a good guy. I hope you'll just let it go. Um, okay. First of, that is so outside the norm. You just don't do that. That, that is the head of the executive branch completely abusing power and overstepping boundaries, trying to coerce the head of our, uh, law enforcement agencies to end an investigation into his own people. That it's, it's so unethical. Forget the legality and the impeachment issues from a, for just from a common sense perspective, it's unethical. And I see a lot of, I see a lot of, you know, Trump supporters and Republicans who are saying, oh, well, you know, Trump isn't a politician. He's not trained in this arena. He clearly just did not realize that this would constitute obstruction of justice. Okay. Let's grant you that for a second. Does he not realize it's unethical? Isn't that common sense? Like, do you really have to be a trained attorney to just feel like, eh, this feels gross? Yeah. And then you, and then you look at Trump firing Comey and he knew that, uh, and Trump at that point knew that Comey was still investigating his campaign and his people 
I it, it it looks it looks like he followed through with his promise to Comey. <laughs> please please stop investigating Flynn. Oh, you haven't stopped. Okay, you're fired. Exactly, and and then took the credit for it too, right? He he did that interview where he was like, "Oh, it was my idea to fire him." It's like, no, just, right. just stop. Exactly. Like, because at the end of the right. day, like all of these people are trying to, no matter how far you spin it in PR, it's like Trump is going to be his own unraveling, basically, because. He can't figure out how to keep his mouth shut. And that's a problem. And either way, regardless of, like you said, whether or not anything transpires of this, like, do you really want somebody like that having this much power? It's like, it just doesn't make sense. No, exactly. Because to your point, Pam, you know, first he he spends, there's two days go by wherein the White House spends every resource at their disposal trying to convince the American public that firing Comey had nothing to do with the Russia investigation. Then Trump goes out there and says, and tells Lester Holt on live television, yeah, it was because of the, tr- of the Russia investigation. He didn't even mince words. He literally just right, said, right. it was because of the Russia investigation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. And honestly, like, <laughs> as somebody who's in journalism, I am so sick and tired of people saying, oh, you took that out of context. At some point, you can't take everything out of context. We can't keep explaining what people actually meant. Just figure out what you're going to say. And, like, that's it. Like, this is why people, like, not just Comey, but, like, reporters, they keep the receipts. Yeah. Because when something like this happens, they can go back and be like, hey, I have the audio. Hey, I have my notes. There is no way that I could have spun this the way that you said I spun it. So. Yeah, there is really no spinning yeah. that. So- and I have to say also, to add to, to Pam's point about do you want a, a president who can't keep their mouth shut? Yeah, no, you don't. And we learned that because... Also, the other big breaking news is that President Trump met with Russian officials and spilled all this classified information to them. The top secret code word clearance information that is as classified as it can possibly get. There's, you know, X number of people in the country who who have access to that kind of intelligence. And he just spilled it to the Russians like, it was no big deal. To brag. We have the best intelligence. Check out this intelligence, oh you guys. And like- You know what somebody <laughs> needs to do is somebody needs to, like, feed him false information and see how fast it takes to, like, make the news rounds. And then you'll know that there's a problem. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, they've been trying to spin it like, oh, it wasn't a serious breach of security. But they went to the NSA and they warned them that Trump had just shared this information with them. It was so secretive with they, that Trump had just shared the information with Russia. It was so secretive, Washington Post couldn't was asked by the White House to not publish it in their own report. Same thing with CNN. So CNN and Washington Post exercised restraint, but our president could not. Right. In speaking right, with because Russia. again, like Elisa said, they have a code of ethics. Trump has no ethics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're intelligent and they're right. adults. <laughs> I really just feel like there, I mean, Andrew's right. There's been so much from the firing Comey to the, the Comey memos, spilling shit to Russia. Oh, oh, yeah. And then have we talked about the, I don't, I don't recall if you talked about last week, but the tweet that he sent out threatening James Comey. Literally saying the tape saying, you know, he, President Trump tweeted like if, you know, Comey better hope that there are no tapes of our conversations before he starts leaking shit to the press. What? What crazy what yeah. psychopath says that? First of all, what I think is really here's here's like this is like the buried lead of that fucking tweet. He's admitting there's stuff to leak. Right. He's basically saying, well, I said this, but wait till you hear what Comey said. You know, it's like, yeah, why would you do that? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Idiot. At this point, Uh, I just feel sorry for like anybody that's working PR at the White House because it's like becoming impossible to justify everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's a whole other story. Just watching this all go down. There's been all these rumors about Sean Spicer possibly leaving and one of the Fox News uh, co- uh, anchors has said on the record that she's been approached to potentially replace Sean Spicer. Like, man, there's been so much crazy stuff going on. And just the beauty of, I mentioned four weekdays in a row. 
it's 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 striking in this fucking five to six p.m. hour. <laughs> Past four workdays, bombshells. Here today, Wednesday, we got two for one. We got we got the FBI announcing the special counsel, and we got another big story from the Washington Post. We haven't spoke spoken about this yet. I, I told Elisa about it just before recording. Kevin McCarthy was secretly recorded in a conversation with Paul Ryan, saying that he thinks Kevin McCarthy thinks that. Putin is paying Trump. And in this conversation, they're with a group of people and they kind of laugh it off. They go, "Ah, that's a good one. And he goes, swear to God. (laughs) And then Paul Ryan goes, ah, bah, 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 bah. That that doesn't leave the room. That doesn't leave the room. Everybody, we are family here that doesn't leave the room. I'm swearing you all to secrecy. I mean. The funniest part about that article is that the Washington Post called up Paul Ryan's office and said, hey, uh, so any comment on Paul Ryan swearing people to secrecy and Kevin McCarthy making these comments? Oh, no, no, Washington Post, that didn't happen. Then the Washington Post said, oh, well, we have a tape. (laughs) Paul Ryan's office replies, oh, 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 they they, they were just kidding. They were just kidding. I mean, it didn't happen. But if it did, they were just kidding. But it it didn't happen. I love that because even if they don't have the tape, Ryan's office just confirmed it. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) Just confirm that they're fucking that they're liars lying. because Paul Ryan's office said literally said no such thing ever happened. Right. And then they said, oh, just <laughs> kidding. It was a joke. Oh, it's a joke. Uh, just like, yeah, it did happen, my, but it was a joke. Like my last response was What a, a joke. time. What oh, a time boy. to be alive. Uh, uh, That's what I'm saying. Unfortunately, that Washington Post story, it broke four minutes before 6 p.m., when the special counsel story broke. So I think the Washington Post story might get buried during all this. But I, I think uh, Washington Post and New York Times are like, they're, they're tag-teaming uh, Trump right now. Killing it. Tr- Trump's in the middle getting, getting fucked in both holes. Washington Post is fucking him in the mouth. New York Times is fucking him in the asshole. And it's just a back and forth. <laughs> so we'll see what happens Thursday. <laughs> So, actually, we ended up knocking out all the Trump news in one go. So, let's talk about something not related to Trump. Uh, This kind of went viral. There was this millionaire who was interviewed recently, and he said that uh, millennials could buy a house if they could, quote, stop spending their money on avocado toast. So, this went viral because, you know, the internet loves avocados. Um and, hate, and hates adults telling them what to do. So um, people were making fun of it because it's like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll just stop eating avocado toast and then suddenly we'll be rich. Um, the, the millionaire guy, Tim Gurner, he said, we're at a point now where the expectations of young, younger people are very, very high. <laughs> Lifehacker came up with a calculator, an avocado toast savings calculator. You can put in the price of your dream home. I'm going to put in two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's that's the condo. Uh, that's a beautiful dream. Yes. That doesn't exist when you live in San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried this before the show, and I was like, one million, and that's low lowballing it. It's going to take like three thousand years. <laughs> now the calculator is asking the price of avocado toast in your neighborhood. I'm going to say three dollars. And then how many times a week do you currently eat avocado toast? I'm going to say I'm a hardcore millennial. I'm going to say five times a week. So I will need to skip 16,600 avocado toast dinners. I will be able to afford a 20% down payment on my house in 64 years. So I'm on my way. Stop it now. (laughs) Just in time for retirement. Yeah. But what what bothered me about this, that people were laughing this story off, is that I think he was making a good point. Millennials really do waste their fucking money. Remember all those times Elisa has told us she's saving for Saturday? She needs to stop saving for Saturday. She needs to save for the house. Right, Elisa? Uh, what's a house? <laughs> people love going out. I mean, living in L.A. for nine years, I... I, I my friends wanted to hit the clubs every weekend. And like, look, I like going to the clubs. I like going to the bars and going out to eat. But people are going to the same five fucking clubs every weekend, getting shit-faced, barfing it out at 3 a.m., waking up hungover. It, 
you you can easily waste at least fifty dollars in any city across America on a weeknight. In LA, that's probably closer to a hundred if you're going out to the bars and eating beforehand. I, I I really do agree with this guy that people are really wasteful with money. And in my opinion, one of the biggest wastes of money is is how often people go I agree. out. Agree. I do agree with that point. I, I have very mixed feelings about this because on one hand, of course. Like the the price of homes and of of trying to purchase property has skyrocketed over the course of the millennial generation more than any previous generation. So I do, I mean, I feel fucking sorry for myself. I feel sorry for us. And I don't know that putting away the avocado Uh. toast is going to magically make the fucking (laughs) house down the street. Like, literally, one bedroom, one bath house is $350,000. It's like 800 square feet. I don't think that that's going to change it. I don't think all the avocados in the world are going to change that. But I'm, well, no. Also, like, what about is- student loans? Like, most millennials pretend like they have the money to throw around, but most of us are also ridiculously severely in debt. So, like, what comes yeah, first, the paying true. off school that you need to get any job other than McDonald's or saving up for a house? Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, in the defense of this guy, Elisa, he wasn't saying just avocado no, toast. I, it's avocado toast and oh, alcohol. And the $4 and, coffees. Yeah. I will say, okay, so on the other hand, playing devil's advocate a little bit. I do I do notice a trend among myself and my peers that dropping money for uh, just buying lunch out all the time is the norm. Getting right. eating out for lunch is the yeah. norm among myself and, and like my my friends and and what have you. And when you go out in the morning, people think nothing of stopping by the Starbucks or Dunkin Donuts and picking up a coffee and a bagel. And it's like you're eating all of your meals or at least half of your meals out. And that is abnormal compared to previous generations. That's not how our parents did it. And so I do think there is some sense of responsibility to just like stop. Like you can pack a fucking sandwich once in your goddamn week. It's possible. (laughs) Right. Right. Unless you work at one of those cool offices where they provide breakfast and lunch. Ugh. Hate you people. Yeah. Um, so cu- coming up in After Dark today, we're going to be talking about what we can't live without. What can we not cut from our budget? What is our avocado toast? Oh, boy. <laughs> we also ask listeners in the Facebook group. So that'll be fun to discuss. Speaking of After Dark, last week we spoke, Laura, Matt, and I spoke about a bunch of hacking attacks over the past few weeks and how to keep your shit secure um and if we just kind of don't even care that we're in this hacking environment where we're like we put all this all of our uh, sensitive information into google drive and whatnot uh like uh, do we are we worried well now disney's worried a hacker has stolen funnily enough pirates of the caribbean deadman dead men tell no tales it comes out in just about a week they're threatening to release it unless disney pays up via bitcoin it's a it's a digital currency that you can get real money out of um this is a pretty big deal because obviously this is a for for disney to get an entire film stolen from them is really significant. You would think they would have their uh, shit locked down, but it seems like nobody's safe from from pirates. Am I right? <laughs> Not even the pirates are safe. <laughs> uh, I wish somebody stole that joke out of my head before I said it. Yeah, me too. Um, so the, the hackers are saying that they're going to release the movie in chunks until Disney pays up. So they're going to release like five minutes and then oh, Disney hasn't paid up yet. Okay. Five more, five more. The, nothing's been leaked yet. And I mean, the clock is ticking because this movie comes out not this Friday, but next Friday. So it'll be interesting to see if they follow through with it. Now, interestingly, Disney CEO Bob Iger, he has already said they are not paying the ransom. And we actually spoke about this a bit in After Dark. Why don't people just pay up when when people make these threats? It's because if they do, they're encouraging more of this behavior. 
hackers can make a full-time job out of stealing Disney's movies and leaking them early unless they pay some big bucks. And you can bet they're, they're paying up. I'm wondering, do you guys think... Now, you, may remember, you might remember that Orange is the New Black, it, w- it was stolen. Yeah. And it was actually leaked online because Netflix refused to pay the ransom. I don't think that's going to hurt Netflix because you're paying for a lot more than Orange is the New Black on Netflix. Do you guys think, let's say that this gets leaked online in full, Pirates 5, do you think this will hurt the box office? If it's bad. <laughs> If the movie's yeah, bad, but only if, if the, the movie's, movie's bad. bad. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like Pirates is the movie that we're all like lolling over because it's like, ah, oh, do we really know the Pirates movie? But the fact of the matter is, like, people still go insane for Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Jack Sparrow, like all of these characters that are coming they back. Really do. So and that like nothing was more evident of that fact than when Johnny Depp did that whole promotional stint in Disneyland and like everybody was like freaking out because like there's Johnny Depp in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride but if this movie's really bad and like that gets out people are not going to want to spend $15 to go see it in theaters so then again a lot of tickets have already been sold like I have a friend that just like she bought her ticket to the downtown Disney IMAX thing and she's like everything was sold out except for this one time that I got and like there's like a handful of seats left so yeah yeah i think i mean personally i think it could hurt the box office whether it's good or bad because a lot of people would rather just sit at home and watch the movie like they're watching something on netflix it's like who wants to pay 15 dollars for a ticket and go out to the theater you gotta buy the popcorn you gotta buy the overpriced drink I think we've seen the movie studios debating possibly putting new movies onto Netflix and other on-demand services earlier, closing that window between theater and video on-demand. Um, and this could be a real test for that. It could, if, if if this gets downloaded a lot, presumably on BitTorrent, if it were to leak, then uh, and then the studios could look at this and like see that shit. People really would rather pay for it at home now of course they're not paying for it so maybe that it won't really reveal how how badly people want to watch at home instead of in the theater but i i I think it'll hurt it the the early reviews have been pretty good it screened a few weeks ago for critics and they thought it was the best one since the first one i think Mm, so interesting getting back to i mean fucking i'm so over this shit i'm so over the pirate stuff yeah done with it I kind of feel like this is karma for Disney continuing to employ Johnny Depp. That's what you get for employing a wife beater. <laughs> <laughs> that got real, real, real fast. It just took, the whole True. thing just took a fucking nosedive in the last second. I was like, wow, okay. Oh, oh my gosh. Hey, you know, I believe in karma. This could be Disney's. No, but I, 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 I'm, I'm actually very excited to see if it happens or not. These hackers, you know, they can't do this boy who cried wolf shit. If, if they're threatening to release it and Disney's refusing to pay, release it. Because then, because if hackers in the future make these empty threats, then the studios aren't going to take them seriously. Anyway, that's all we have for news this week, except, <gasps> what's this? <gasps> Hiding in the what? bushes? It's not Sean <gasps> Spicer. What is it, Elisa? It is hidden from the headlines. So I thought this story is important because with all of the controversy and scandal coming out of the White House, it's important to keep our eyes on the prize, which is actual policy. And some really shady shit went down in North Carolina this week. The Republican legislature voted to defund a bunch of public school programs in Democratic districts only. So the way this went about is the uh, North Carolina State Senate was working throughout the early hours of the morning, Friday and Saturday, trying to hammer out a um, budget deal. And Democrats kept trying to offer amendments, pushing for their funding priorities. And Republicans kept voting them down and got really annoyed with Democrats because like 1, 2 a.m. was rolling around. Democrats were still trying to 
to get more money for various programs. And Republicans were kind of fucking over it. They were like, guys, it's real late. We need to go home. I need some sleep. And they got so annoyed that around 1 a.m., they went into private talks, came out two hours later, and offered this surprise amendment up for a million dollars to fund um, opioid epidemic crisis mitigation. Basically, it was, you know, to, to try and mitigate the opioid epidemic in North Carolina. And people originally, you know, initially anyway, thought, okay, a million dollars to fight the opioid crisis. This sounds good. This makes sense. What's the catch? The catch turned out to be that the million dollars had to come from somewhere. And the Republicans decided to get the money from the public school systems in Democratic districts. Seven Democratic districts had a few of their public school programs defunded, uh, including a program that, for example, helped teachers' assistants um, in in public schools. So without teachers' assistants, obviously, you're talking about a lot larger class sizes, um, kids being packed into packed into to small classrooms, and the the Republicans were basically saying. You know, well, why does that matter? Um, and so this has become a huge issue in the state because they, they specifically targeted the seven Democratic districts and, and left the Republican funding intact. And it's unclear if this is just because they were annoyed about how late the night was getting and that Democrats kept, kept them up all night or if this was something that was planned. No one really knows. But it has not been signed into law yet, so it's not official. But I, I thought that this was just really egregious. I mean, just really, really egregious. Because in this case, they weren't even saying that these public school programs are bad programs. If they were bad programs, they would have just defunded them entirely. They were just being spiteful and targeted the Democrats. And it sucks how the kids lose because of this. Um, my first impression was maybe they were defunding just the Democratic districts because it would help them in the next election, help the Republicans in the next election. Like, oh, we need to fix our school and the Democrats aren't helping. So what are we going to do? Vote Republican. Uh, I don't know. Like, It's yeah. But, I mean, that's that's pretty sneaky. If that was what they were thinking, that's still pretty fucking manipulative. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That was just the first guess that came to my mind, but yeah, that's uh, I don't, I don't know, guys. That's just, and you know, listen, I, I feel like we pick on, on Republicans a lot, and it's because they deserve it. But I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Democrats haven't done some fucked up shit too. I mean, Democrats are just as guilty, for instance, of gerrymandering districts throughout the country. Like they're pretty bad on that issue. So like. This isn't even, this shouldn't be a partisan thing. It should be understood across the country that you should not defund programs that, the only for your opponent's districts. That just seems like common sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. Sad, sad stuff. Sad. Sad. Democrats sometimes also guilty of bad haircuts. All right. Hope, wish uh, somebody pirated that joke for me as well. <laughs> Let's move on to surprise, bitch. Surprise, 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 bitch. And today we're going to call Josh. You've reached Josh Allen's cell phone. Leave your name, number, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hello, Josh. It is me, James Comey. I have a memo I need to get out somewhere. I can't give it to anyone in the government. I must give it to you. You, Josh. Please call me back. I need to get this message out there so it is safe from Trump's prying hands. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay, that was convincing. I really right? hope that guy knows it's you, not someone else. <laughs> He'll probably think one of it's one of his dumbass friends. Yeah, right. Until he listens to this show, and then he's going to be like, "Damn it, Andrew!" 
<laughs> I thought right. I was going to save the United States. <laughs> I actually prefer leaving voicemails because we get to fuck with people in, in any way that we want. <laughs> For AP Choice this week, this is uh, exclusively for patrons who support us at the $10 level, our Facebook official level on Patreon. We did a poll. We said, uh, what are the chances you think at this point there will be an attempt at impeachment? The real deal. No more talking about it. Is it going to happen? Seven people said there is an 80% chance that there will be an attempt at impeachment. Eight people said there will be a 60% chance. Three people said 40%, and then one person said a 20% chance. No one said 100% chance is going to happen. Do you agree with that, Elisa? It's, it's not for sure yet. This is impeachment we're talking about? Ugh. Yes, an attempt at impeachment. An attempt. Oh, uh, honestly, I think, God, I think there's still only like a 40% chance, to be honest. Oh. I, I mean... You s- I don't, I have no idea, but my guess, if past is prologue, Republicans aren't, aren't really willing to uh, get their shit together. I think that they would have to find some really, really damaging shit in this new special investigation for that to move forward. It would have to be like catastrophic. Yeah. Well, those memos would kind of would be catastrophic wouldn't they if they are what's being reported they they do stand up as evidence they do stand up yeah i think they'd be i think they'd be pretty bad i but i don't i don't know if it'd be bad enough to impede maybe i'm underselling it i'm gonna say 50 50 no but the thing is too is like we you haven't (laughs) had any evidence that they're willing to not brush away things right so you you have to think logistically it's like well, it's going to take something that they cannot brush away and it's going to have to be something with like a larger magnitude for them to move forward because at this point they're ready to explain away anything and nobody really understands why. Right. But that's just the yeah. way it is. So. Yeah, exactly. Ashley, who voted around 60% chance, she said some Republicans might finally grow a spine and take the blindfolds off their eyes, but I'm not hopeful for all. And Emily said, I can't see anyone being motivated slash organized enough to actually do it. I'm actually surprised at how little outrage I've seen expressed over this week's events. <laughs> Maybe I'm looking in the wrong places. Can't wait to hear you guys' take. Uh, there's, I mean, if you watch MSNBC or CNN, you'll see plenty of outrage on there. <laughs> Even any late night, like Colbert and Oliver, all of them are killing it right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've I've been trying to watch Colbert more because he's been devoting so much time to Trump and his monologue. There are some monologues that are just exclusively Trump for 10, 15 minutes. And man, is it funny. I need to watch that. <laughs> he's really... Oh, you yeah, yeah you would just love it. Just fall down it's, the deep, dark hole of YouTube and never climb out. It's great. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm busting out laughing at, at half of the mm-hmm. jokes he's he's been making. <sighs> well, uh, so thank you to our supporters over on patreon.com slash millennial that does it for this week's show like i said in after dark we're going to be talking about the guilty pleasures we could never stop paying for those things that are hitting our credit card bills every month or maybe every day (laughs) we also ask listeners of course um paying for the millennial patron was a give was a given nobody had to answer that we all know you can't part with us and after dark yeah and the nudes that we post over on patreon i think we're breaking the rules by posting nude photos on there but yolo you know i can post pictures from my iud insertion yeah i, I heard uh, that patreon actually sponsors your iud isn't that it, it's only because of patreon that you can get that yeah right? it has nothing to do with like obama and generations of you know struggling for women's health care it's definitely that no, well, I no. What I mean is the money raised from no, Patreon. I know. <laughs> no, I know, me- but it's oh, free. Okay. Is what I'm telling you. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Elisa, remember a few weeks ago we were like we should start joking about what the Patreon, how it's going to benefit um, us personally. That's what yeah, I was going for right. there. <laughs> I yeah, yes, you're right. It's like the IUD is like five million dollars, and it's being funded through Patreon. <laughs> you're absolutely right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> 
Pam, thanks for joining us. Pam hosts a weekly podcast, Hypeables Hype Podcast. What have you guys have been? What have you been talking about recently oh, on there besides Harry Styles? Uh, just a little bit of everything. <laughs> We've talked about Thirteen Reasons Why, and also if you like music stuff, I try and insert some other non-Harry Styles related things in there too. Of course, pirates, non-Harry Harry Potter, Styles, all that good stuff. What should our closing music be? I think. Oh, I actually thought about this. I think it should be the Reigns of Castamere. So there's spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched Game of Thrones. There's a big event called the Red Wedding where a bunch of fucking main characters die. And this song is played door like right beforehand leading up to it and during the Red Wedding. And so it's just become widely associated as like the doomsday song, like something awful is about to happen. Death and destruction. Yeah, exactly. And I just feel like in light (laughs) of all of the news from the White House this week, that this song seems fitting to me right now. It's like uh, Nixon's, what was that called? The bloody, something Saturday. Yeah. What was that? Saturday Massacre. It's, It's that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't forget our website, millennialshow.com. You can also email us, millennialshow at gmail.com. And our Patreon makes the magic happen, patreon.com slash millennial. Thank you to everybody who is supporting us over there. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. <laughs> and I'm Pamela. See you next time for episode 319. Goodbye. going to church oh man guys um um um, i'm reading the letter uh i just i just had an i just got an erection i'm (laughs) reading i'm reading the the letter from the deputy attorney general uh that's ordering the special prosecutor and just oh yeah (laughs) just (laughs) masturbating furiously <laughs> As you should. Oh, it's just so good. It's just so fucking good. Like, it's, I'm not even gonna look at porn anymore. I'm just gonna pull up this document. And just start flipping through. It's <laughs> gonna pages. do it for you every time, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Who needs Viagra when you have this? <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna like spank myself with it. I'm gonna like roll it up into like, a little ball and just like bend it. Like, oh yeah, just start uh, spanking well, my ass. <laughs> It's a good thing you're getting that IUD. It's your new pocket constitution. (laughs) Exactly.